warning. What you are about to hear is a really loud Catholic dude. After all, he ain't called the Forte Catholic for nothing. So relax your grip on the steering wheel. Pull your headphones away ever so slightly. Secure any loose articles and muffle Junior's ears because it's time to make Catholicism fun again on the Forte Catholic Show with Taylor Schroll on Red Sea Catholic Radio. And he is here today dealing with me still getting used to this whole video recording thing. So I am here with Father Anthony, and he is just looking precious on video. Father Anthony, how are you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, in a few weeks, once you finally get this all sorted out, think about all the things you'll be good at. You'll be good at all these audio things, all these video things. You're going to be an expert. It's going to be amazing. I'll finally have one thing that I'm good at. If I can get good at this, it'll, it'll be the one. It'll be the one. Count it. One thing. <laughs> um, so, Father Anthony, I saw a movie that you haven't seen, so we're going to talk about it. How does that sound to you? Hey, it's your show, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. You're just the eye candy now because, <laughs> because we have video. Hi, YouTube. Hi, Mom. How you doing? See, um, I have to tell you that he's a priest because he's hiding the fact that he's a priest. But um, Yeah, no caller today. Oh, no. What will the trads say? It's okay. I don't care. They're all mean and dumb. <laughs> they don't listen to this But anyway. just so people know, it's my day off. I'm at my brother's house in his like attic room where he keeps me. When I have my day off, are you, are you some kind Doesn't of let me downstairs? Okay. <laughs> I asked you a question, and you were drinking uh, out of a Wendy's cup, which is very on brand for you, but not too good to answer a question. I'm oh, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I cool. think I said something about are you a troll or an ogre? But the time has now passed. Oh, so right, right, yeah. Let's just move on to this movie that you haven't seen. Okay. Uh, my wife and I went to the movies. That's a thing that should be applauded because it happens about twice a year. Uh, thank Aww. you're giving the golf clap that no one can hear. That was just for the YouTube audience. So anyway, yeah, exactly. We, we are on YouTube now. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been tr trying to record these and post them. And if you've noticed, uh, if, if for those of you who have seen the page already, uh, we get about one good segment on YouTube a week because I mess up the rest of them. Um, <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm getting about a 33 in this class. Um, I'm exhausted today, which usually on the radio and on the podcast, I can fake it. I sound so alive right now. And if you are looking at this on YouTube, you can see the death in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely true. <laughs> so we're having fun. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to Forte Catholic on YouTube and you can see how bad I look and how amazing the celibate looks. Okay. So uh, my wife and I, uh, get to the movies about twice a year. Usually it's for Star Wars movie slash Avengers movie. Like those are our two movies a year because we have three kids. And what when I was a single person, like if you go to the movies, how much do you spend on that evening? Oh, I don't go to the movies during the evening. No, 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 no. I would never do that. Mondays are my day off. I'll catch a matinee. A ticket's like, what, eight bucks? It's amazing. 
So eight dollars. I am responsible for many, many other humans um, yes. that I have to pay for. The other humans you are responsible for pay for you to do things. I'm the exact opposite, right? Yeah, so that's true. I that just made true. this realization and realized even more that you haven't made. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Sam, love you. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, when we go to the movies, I have to pay for two tickets. Usually, it it means that I have to pay for two dinners, and, I'm, and by have to, I definitely mean get to. That's actually absolutely money. Uh, I have to pay for a babysitter for like three, four hours for the dinner and the movie because that's what dates look like and there are no other options. Uh, so by the end of the night, I'm looking at like $90 for us to go see a stupid movie. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so we do it three times a year, maybe twice. Um, mm-hmm. And we finally went to a movie that wasn't uh, Space Heroes. <laughs> I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I was pretty sure the only movies are space movies now. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, to be fair, the person who made this movie also made a space movie that was ripped to shreds. Uh, it was a Ryan Johnson film who made oh. The Last Jedi, who, mm-hmm. which was controversial. Uh, 50% of people loved it. 50% of the people hated it. And I'm the other 1%. I'm, I am the 1%. Hello, Bernie. Uh, so <laughs> we we went to go see Knives Out. I know you haven't seen the movie, but did you see trailers? Like, I mean, it's a pretty popular thing over like Christmas break. Isn't it some like murder mystery? And I heard it's kind of political too. Is that true? It is a murder mystery, and I think the, I'm trying to think. Was it political? The only thing political that I can remember is that James Bond talked with a Southern accent. That's mm-hmm. the most political thing I remember. Maybe, uh, maybe, okay. maybe I'll start to realize more as, as as we go through. But all I can remember is that James Bond talked like this, and it confused me a lot. It's like I'm <laughs> Bond, James Bond, because they talk. Everybody down here talks a little bit slower, you know. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, what's Take great is the people who are listening to this on the podcast at twice the amount of time we're like he must have said that very slowly because it was very long <laughs> even at two times speed <laughs> but all the people listening on the radio in texas were like thank god he slowed down yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's so loud and so quick with his with his speech speeching speeching things talking S- talking speeching things aren't aren't i glad i invited you onto the radio mm-hmm. so uh we went and saw knives out which is a murder mystery have you I know you haven't seen this one. Have you ever done a murder mystery? Like you're old. You remember Clue? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've never done a murder mystery. Um, no one finds any clues for my murders. Um, <laughs> but I'm familiar with like the genre in general. But uh, they're all amateurs in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. So okay, so like you know Clue and like I I grew up going like I went to this play called and then there were none and it was like essentially the whole time you're trying to figure out who did it and I was fascinated by the movie because the whole time it's drawing you in it's like laying out the facts for you and like it, at first I thought is this going to be one of those ones that's like is it intentionally deceptive is it making it look like it's telling the truth to then deceive you or is it just telling you the truth the whole time and it was yeah. this balance of like they told the truth but they made you think it wasn't the truth and uh. then they also sprinkled in some things that were like you were seeing what was true from someone's perspective, but it actually wasn't true. So it was a little, uh, it was yeah, like yeah. a mixed bag between all of this. It was absolutely fascinating. Like there was, with any any shows like this, I've watched enough of them to know that I'm not very smart because every time I try <laughs> to guess how it ends, it doesn't go well. Like it, it wasn't really. So we finally get to this part in the movie 
like maybe like an hour and a half in, it's about a two hour movie. I lean over to my wife and I'm like, this is what happened. And I couldn't have been further from wrong (laughs) (laughs) or further from the truth. I mean, I couldn't have been further. I couldn't have been further from the from wrong because I was a hundred percent (laughs) right. I got it very wrong and I was deceived. And so it got me thinking about this whole idea of like, okay, there are, there are mysteries like mystery novels, like the whodunit novels, the whodunit movies. And they are purposefully trying to deceive us like for our entertainment. I think it's a weird thing where it's like, like I, I tend to think I'm a relatively smart guy, and by relatively, sure. I mean I surround myself with people like you, so I feel very smart very often. Yep. So <laughs> I didn't think you're gonna agree with me. That, that <laughs> yes, I bow to your superiority. Thank you. Uh, I'm so thrown off by you just accepting that. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I think it's really good to have friends smarter than you, at least in some aspects. So there are definitely things that um like your areas of expertise that I appreciate that you're an expert in them. And, and because we're all one body of Christ, your gifts, I get to kind of like share in the fact that you're gifted at things. So I have no problem with you saying that you're smarter than me at the very least, because it makes the podcast a little bit smoother. We are one body, one body in Christ. And I like my donuts glazed. Okay. Uh, I uh, didn't hear that one in you, church you, before. But anyway. Yeah. You've never heard that one. No, uh, not that, not those lyrics particularly. Wow, that's the only way I've ever heard it. Um, oh, what's up, Trads? Okay, um, can, can, okay, I know we're talking about murder mystery stuff, but can yeah. we t- can we stop for a moment and talk about music in church? This is a big turn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I was in mass this Sunday, and I sang a hymn as as me mm-hmm. praising God. I sang sure. a hymn of God as God. And I also sang a hymn that went back and forth between me being me and me being God. And I was very confused by the whole thing because that's how I usually think. Like, God is God. I am God. God is God. I am God. So I'm wondering, like, this is is a brilliant moment because I feel like the church is finally speaking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. So some of those hymns, they're, they're sung in, like, either the perspective of God, which is a little weird, or, like, what was the opening hymn for us? It was the same deal. It was like, um, or one of the hymns was like, we are the body of Christ. We do these good things. Let's sing about how good we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, let's sing about how good God is. Like, that's what praise is about. That's what worship is about. Now, like, it's not like everything in those hymns are bad, but it is a pet peeve of mine. Like, we should be focused not on so much us, focus on God. We have the rest of the week to be focused on us, right? So we can do that all week long. Sunday, let's focus a little bit on God. That's that's my perspective. Yeah, and, and, and I think, like, I've always kind of thought that, but then I started thinking about one of the songs that was kind of the uh, perspective of God and, like, re- like reminding ourselves of truths that God has said about us. Like, there's a popular worship song. This wasn't in Mass, but it's like, uh, I am chosen, not forsaken, I am who, I, who you say I am. And it's yeah. like, okay, like, those things are true. But it's, it's just always strange because it's like I would pray those things, but it feels weird to sing those things because we're so used to singing <laughs> praises. But it's like, yeah. how, how, how does my internal prayer become wrong when I sing it out loud? And I, I started wrestling with this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, how yeah. dare you sing about yourself? And it's like, this is just a meditation that someone had in prayer. Then they sang it. And now it's wrong. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends. It depends on the situation for like praise and worship stuff for like um, more informal stuff. I think it's OK to add more of those different kinds of meditations. I think mass is a little bit different in how it's you know structured because 
it's not just the hymns that are part of the mass. It's all the prayers as well. So the hymns, I feel like, should kind of be going in the same direction as the rest of the prayers of mass. And when they don't, that's when you're like, huh, this feels odd because one of these things is not like the other. So that makes sense. And that's that's kind of what I was wrestling with. I was like, I don't know what to do because I have <laughs> this thing on this side of my head and this thing on the other. And they're <laughs> clashing and I'm supposed to be paying attention to this homily. And of course, that's not happening. So mm. I failed. And then I wrote notes about uh, mystery and knives out. That's when I thought of this segment. So uh, speaking of depends, uh, which is a word that you said to set up your last phrase, I mm-hmm. I did not make it through the whole movie. I wish I had some depends because I kept <laughs> having to go to the bathroom because I was very hydrated for the first time all week. Anyway, so like mystery novels are fascinating and I love this movie. Like it's one of my favorite movies that I have seen in a very long time. Uh, and pe- people are going to notice, uh, connect that with something else I said. All I watch is space hero movies. So this is really good. It's something different. And I enjoyed it. But I started thinking like, okay, we love mystery novels because they are purposely deceiving us. (laughs) But then when it comes to like the mysteries of faith, the mysteries of God, the the mysteries that the Catholic Church holds as truths, if they were purposely deceptive, I would be very angry. <laughs> yes, that would be like a weird and cruel religion to like purposely deceive you. Yes. And and, and yet like uh, here we I, I really wanted to list religions, but I decided not to. So <laughs> so when it comes like I, I feel like for myself, at least it's like there are mysteries like my understanding of mystery comes from like mystery novels. Right. So it's like what. When the church says that the, that the Trinity is a mystery, and usually what people mean is, I don't understand it, and I'm not going to tell it to you. But that's not what the church means. What is a mystery? Help us out here, priest without a collar. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people approach the idea of mystery in the church as they approach like whodunit movies. Now, the difference is in like a mystery novel, at the end of the novel, you know what happens. And once you see what happens, you're like, oh, that's not such a mystery. Like, I get it. I get it all. With a mystery of the churches, you you can never get it enough. So it's not that God or it's not that the church is trying to deceive us. It's just that there's too much for us as human beings on this earth to grasp completely. There's always more to dive in. So it's not so much like um, uh, a veil is you know torn open and like, oh, I see. I get it now, right? It's more like you can just swim deeper and deeper into the ocean and receive more and more and more. And you're never finished with it. So you can grasp parts of it. So like mystery of the Trinity, God is father, son, and Holy spirit. Okay. But so we get that part more or less, but if you really start thinking and praying about that, there's so much you can draw out of it. What does it mean? It means God is communion. God is one in some ways a family is kind of like God. Cause you have that communion of love. So there's all the kind of meditations that you can happen and you still get a surprise in the Christian mysteries. Because whenever you hear a new perspective or your heart is opened to a new bit of reality, it's like, oh, I understand this in an even deeper way. And so the book kind of never ends on the mysteries of the church, whereas books and mysteries in novels and movies, they end and then you get it completely and then you're done. Right. So that's kind of like the major difference in those two. Same word, but different meanings. Yeah, it's interesting because like with there's the mystery novel and the the. A negative side of it is that we are being purposely deceived. But within two hours, if it's a movie or a few hours, if it's a book, we do know all the answers. Yeah. And then uh, now I can, being a Christian, I can be like, okay, like I'm not being purposely deceived. 
thumbs up. On the other hand, I'd really like to just know the answers at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, like, exactly. so like, like you talked about like uh, diving deeper and deeper into an ocean. I would hope that you have some kind of scuba gear because that sounds terrifying to me. Yes, like, yes. I'm getting closer to God. Literally, I just drowned myself. Uh, so, so like, what is the purpose of mystery? Like, why, why do we have mystery? Like, because it seems strange. To not right. like for God not to just fully reveal himself to us. Right. Yeah. So part of it is because God does completely reveal himself to us, but our brains are too small. There's a story of uh, I think it's like St. Augustine. He's walking across on the ocean. All good Christian stories have someone walking on a beach. Right. Or something like that. And he sees this little kid. He's there's a hole in the sand. And the little kid is taking a bucket of ocean water and pouring it into the hole on the beach. And Augustine's like, what are you doing? You can't put the whole sea into this hole in the sand. And the kid says, neither can you put all of God into your head. And then the kid disappears. <laughs> but like the point of that story, like as an angel or something, the point of that story is like, yeah, you can take stuff in, but you'll never be able to take in all of it. Now, at the end of all time, when we see God face to face, we will grasp these things more completely. But even then, even then, it's not just information that's in a mystery. It's beauty in a mystery. So as we gaze upon God and we're with everyone else in heaven, we'll never get tired of looking upon God and looking upon the mysteries because we'll be just constantly overwhelmed by the beauty. So in this isn't a perfect way to describe it, but basically God is very big and we are very small. That's why <laughs> mysteries happen. I, I, I shouldn't expect anything more or less from you when I say, hey, Describe the mysteries of God. It's like, God's bigger than you. Okay, thanks, Father. I'm really, <laughs> well, <you> <laughs> I'm really glad we sent you to many, many years of school. <laughs> I will say it's not quite theologically accurate, but it, it kind of helps us understand in a short way why there's mysteries. Uh, the mystery is why I thought uh, you would do any better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just fascinated by the whole thing. And it's like, I think the call for us with mysteries is to dive deeper into them. Because mm -hmm. like, even with the movie, I know all the answers, but I have to go back and kind of like be like, oh, that affects this and this and what I thought here was different. And like, why mm -hmm. it's not the same exact thing with the faith. It's like, look, I know new things. And it's like, oh, this is how this connects to this. And like, I, I, I can I can I can take that next step in my knowledge of who God is and what that means for me and then I will sing songs as him in mass because that's totally appropriate and what I'm going to do so uh, don't go anywhere I'm going to be right back for our interview and then I'll let Father Anthony come back for the final segment because I think he is wise and cute don't go anywhere Father Anthony, you wanted to do new commercials, uh, but the last few yes. weeks it has been my very cute six-year-old uh, doing the commercials. So why do you <laughs> think that you are better at this than my six-year-old? Now that you say that, I don't because I think the commercials with your six-year-old are maybe the best audio content you've ever <laughs> produced. I so think, I'm very hesitant. <laughs> I think so too, but I think at the same time it's like we do need to keep it updated because then people yeah. – like. I, what I really don't want, because I know people fast forward through commercials whenever they're the same after a while, and the thought yeah. of somebody fast forwarding through my son, just, I, I can't do it. I can't. Devastating. I can't. So we just made a new commercial. It's for sock religious socks and the coolest Catholic socks in the world. And uh, go to fortnightcatholic.com slash socks so I can uh, love my very cute son more and more. <laughs> well. <laughs> 
that's I mean that's it. That's what we did. Back to Forte Catholic. I have kicked our co-host to the curb, and I am alone. But alas, I am not alone because this is our guest segment, and we always have guests during the second segment. And I'm here with one of my internet friends. Ironically enough, friends, there's, there's a there's a short story that I'll try to make as short as possible. But um, I tried to book this person for last week's show, and then I realized I was dumb because I booked our guest. Chris Mueller for last week's show already. So, I, I, the, our guest is phenomenal and very patient with me. Uh, Rocky McCormick is here. Rocky, how are you? I'm doing well, Taylor. How are things down in Texas? Well, I mean, I'm doing great, but I feel like I was like, hey, do you want to come on my show? And then said, never mind. Can we do it next week instead? <laughs> That's okay with the holiday. I thought Monday was Sunday and Tuesday was Monday. So, it all works out. It does work out, and I'm very proud of all of us. So, um, essentially, you and I met on the internet. I think live like I, I went back and looked. Our first interaction was because of our mutual friend, Liv Harrison. I believe that's correct. Okay, so the, was I making fun of you? You were making fun of her because every oh, time okay. I'm with Just Liv, checking. she's like 98 <laughs> years old. Uh, when it comes to technology <laughs> things. So every time I'm with her, I pretend like I'm taking a picture. It's actually a video. And every yes. time it's just a reaction yeah. of her reacting to it. So <laughs> that was the first thing you did was you did like the, you know, how like an in Instagram stories, you can react, right? Yep. Like you did like the crying, laughing face. like that. Oh, because I was. <laughs> <laughs> how? How does it take that long to take a picture? Well, she's just not very bright. It's, a, it's fine. We love her. We love her. And she's great at many things, just not others. So we, what that did for us, what Liv really did, one of her great gifts is uh, bringing people together. And she brought us together. Absolutely. And it started like our entire Instagram relationship is based on us reacting to stories of each other. Like, this I went, is very true. <laughs> I went back to look. There's very little text conversation. It's mostly just reactions. And it's like we are going back to like my, uh, ancient Egypt and we're just reacting yes. and every now and then grumble out a sentence in English. <laughs> so would emojis be like current hieroglyphics? Absolutely. Absolutely. They awesome. are. So I, I'm we I'm very thankful for the internet i'm very thankful for instagram and i'm thankful that we got to meet and what's what's kind of interesting is like we we just started reacting and like for a long time in my head you were just liv's friend because we had kind of talked about it and like oh yeah you know right. friends with Liv, all this kind of stuff and then the the longer we started talking on instagram i was like oh like this person does a lot so like who are you introduce yourself uh to, to <laughs> me real i mean really like i really, really know you for the internet and introduce yourself to the audience yeah, well, so I'm Rocky McCormick. I am up here in the metro Detroit area. I currently work part-time in youth ministry for our parish and also young adult and young family ministry. Again, part-time doing all three. So basically I don't sleep. Do all um, of I'm your a... part-time jobs equal t up to two full-time jobs? Probably three full-time jobs, <laughs> really. But, but it's in the church Maybe so you get four. paid half, right. half of part-time. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. All for the glory of God. Uh, That's uh, how they get my you. Husband. 
Yeah, right, right. Uh, my husband is a theology teacher at a local Catholic high school. We have three children. So he's uh, the one that rakes in the dough. That That's what frees you Absolutely. up. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, vacation home in, you know, the tropics. Here we come. I've been here, oh my gosh, 20 years now. I grew up in Iowa. I never thought I'd stay in Michigan, but I got married and here I am. So, I'm a convert to the faith, too. Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah. And like when I... like. I have just seen bits and pieces of your conversion yeah. story, and it's it's one of the primary reasons I asked you to come on was to share your conversion story, <laughs> and I'm already thrown off because I did not imagine your conversion story starting in the state of Iowa. That's not a yeah. thing I saw coming. <laughs> At a college campus, no less, no, in the state uh, okay, of Iowa. Okay, so <laughs> th this is ridiculous. <laughs> so we got to take a few steps back. Okay, so this okay. conversion story starts in Iowa. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, you converted from something. Uh, what was that? Uh, Hinduism. I was Hindu. I grew up Hindu. And my parents moved here from Calcutta back in the 70s. And interesting note, they moved to New York and they used to go to Midnight Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral because they just found it so beautiful. Um, like as practicing Hindus? As pa Yes, absolutely. They would just go to Midnight Mass. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, I've never been to like a, a Hindu or a Muslim, but I have been to a synagogue, so I guess that makes sense. It's like, this is cool. Eh, <laughs> it's yeah. not where I well, go every week, and I just went once. So, <laughs> so let me let me back up a little bit. My 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 mom's dad, my, my maternal grandfather, was an international businessman, so they had all kinds of people coming and going from their house. And so when my parents moved, they were very big on wanting to assimilate into the culture. And so part of that was taking in all different parts of it. I think they were taken in again, like by the smells, by the sights, by the sounds, just, you know, there's something beautiful happening. But anyway, I think that laid the foundation for what happened much later, because this was well before I was born. Oh, so, okay. So that, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, did you yeah. ever go to mass with them at St. Patrick's? No. That was all before you. Okay. Because I, I was all before like, me. I was like, how fascinating to be like, mommy, mommy, daddy, why are we here? I didn't think this was yeah. like us, you know? Like <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, this is before I was born. So, and they're travelers where they went from New York to California. And we ended up in Iowa, which is where I grew up. Which is the dream of every person moving to America from, from Calcutta, right? I want to end up yes. in Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, no, my, my dad was like, where have you brought me? <laughs> we are in the middle of nowhere. Okay, so at some point you are yeah. born. and, and I, uh, am. So, I am. I uh, am. Yes, <laughs> I am here. So childhood, childhood, like are, right. are y'all already practicing Hindu family? Yeah, but so like we're in the middle of Iowa. Not a whole lot of Hindu people there, especially in the small town I grew up in. Um, so like to go to temple, we'd have to go anywhere from one hour to five hours away. And so we had our own little, our little home, I guess it would be similar to like a, a shrine in our home. And so we would pray in daily morning and night. So, you know, the rhythms of, of prayer are there. Um, but no, in terms of like really practicing the faith, probably not so much. Yeah, Hinduism might be like okay. So I'm gonna talk about college football because that makes sense in the middle of this conversation. Sure. We're talking about Iowa, by the way. They have they have nice college football teams. So like, there's like Go the Hawks. there's like the major. Yeah, there you go. There's like the major <laughs> conferences and there's like the mid major. And I think of like the major world religions. I think Hinduism yeah. in there is the like one I know the least about. So my first yeah. question as someone who grew up Catholic and was obliged to to go to mass, uh was going to temple as a Hindu a weekly obligation? No. 
Well, then not th- that I understand. Then, uh, then okay, like dri- driving yeah. one to five hours was unnecessary, so it's fine that you Correct. stayed home. <laughs> right. I mean, we would go for like ma- major festivals or, or pujas, um, what is maybe that? Tw- two or three times a year. So pujas would be like high holy feasts. Okay, cool. So like major feast days, so, holy days of obligation ish. So like, do like we call them priesters, the people that only come to church on Christmas <laughs> and Easter. Yeah. So we're, basically, we we're Hindu priesters. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay so 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 growing up like y'all are like like uh, y'all are doing prayer weekly as a family okay oh daily 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 as a family i don't remember the prayers anymore but i mean for a long long time even into my my 20s i would remember what those prayers were okay a little beyond 20 now but so faith was important faith i mean prayer was important Uh, yes very much so that is much more than most Catholic children do, and most more than like yeah. I did, more than probably most people listening, except for those three holy people that have already yelled at me because they're listening to the show, and I don't know how far, how how they got this far <laughs> into it. But anyway, <laughs> hello. Um, yeah. Okay, so so how did you go about from this this happy family that prays every day together to disappointing your entire family by leaving the faith? <laughs> um. So. Like, I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. We, I mean, we were certainly a, a happy family, but like growing up Hindu and Indian in small town, Iowa, I always felt very much out of place and a little bit like a misfit. No way. Um, I would have never guessed that. I know. Shocking, <laughs> right? Shocking. Newsflash. And so I always had just this desire to belong and I never felt like I did. So the story is basically I'm either 12 or 13. I can't remember exactly which now. Our neighbors are Baptists. They have moved up from Texas, of all places. The best um, of places. Right. <laughs> hey, I lived there a couple of years. I lived there a little, um, a while back. Well, you're ju- apparently you just have a life full of disappointing people. <laughs> <laughs> I do, right? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll, that's what I'll be the patron saint of one day. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's between us <laughs> who dies first. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So anyways, Baptist family is, is living down the street from us and um, their oldest is right around the same age. And we were hanging out one summer and out of the blue, she asked me if I knew who Jesus was. I think I mumbled a little and was like, sure, Christmas, Easter, Santa. Because the other thing about my family, because they wanted to assimilate, we did all the, the Christian stuff but without Jesus. So we had Easter, we had the Easter bunny, the Easter basket. It's amazing how Christian your family was because most, (laughs) most Christian (laughs) families do exactly what your family did. Yet y'all were practicing Hindus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, I was familiar with the the Christmas tree and Santa Claus, but I never really had ever contemplated the person of Jesus. And so she was the first person to kind of stop me and say, Hey, what do you think of Jesus? Like, not much. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm sure she took that well. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my goodness. But, you know, she asked if I wanted to know more and said, well, sure. And so she told me, I think we were 12 and 13 at the time. So we're not talking highbrow theology, no Aquinas being thrown out. Also, she's Baptist. So probably still no Aquinas being thrown out. I'm going to fast forward for a second. We can stay here if yeah. you want, but apparently like the theme of disappointing people continues to come up because I know right. that you're not a practicing I've become Baptist. Catholic right. And not, yeah. right. So, right. I just want to upset everyone. 
Ah, I'm gonna have to rethink my life goals now. <laughs> do you have? Are you okay? <laughs> like, do you have a, a group of people that around you that love you? <laughs> is this an intervention? I just oh wasn't aware goodness. of it. Neither right. of us were aware that I was. Is Liv, is Liv secretly in the studio? She's somewhere. actually at your house. Go answer the door. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> no, but so anyway, like long story short, she said, you know, we were talking about why Jesus. And, Jesus life with Jesus is better in it. You know, he's our savior. Things I don't understand. But basically she asked, did I want Jesus in my life? And at that point I'm like, sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that really was it. Why not? Let's give this a try. I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. Um maybe this will help. And so she gave me a prayer to pray when I went home at night before I went to bed and she said when you go home before you go to bed, just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And so I did. I went home and I said that. And then the next day I woke up and nothing changed and just kind of kept living my life. But I, I bring this up because I do believe now in hindsight that that was absolutely the moment that everything kind of started in motion. I don't think those prayers ever go unanswered. And so while there was no like immediate conversion, there wasn't any immediate, you know, all of a sudden now I'm popular have a boyfriend feel like I belong, whatever it was that, you know, my adolescent self was longing for, it did set things in motion that would kind of come to fruition in like the next four or five years. Okay. So like within the next four or five years, like you start mm -hmm. this transition to becoming, did, yeah. did, did you become a Baptist and then Catholic or how did that? No, look? I became a quote unquote Christian because I didn't realize you needed to be baptized. So I went off to college. I went to the University of Iowa. And let's just say that that need to belong. I did some destructive things. I, I was searching for that in not the healthiest of ways. And I, you know, I fell into some patterns that weren't exactly healthy at one point. You know, you just kind of, you come to a reckoning with that to say, why am I here? What's going on? I knew God wanted me. I knew I was very much wanted. I knew that I was loved. I usually share this at the beginning. I was born 15 years after my parents were married. They were actually told that they were infertile and oh, wow. that they would never have, have children. That's part of why they moved to the U.S. was for better medical care. So I, I knew that I was very desperately wanted, but then I couldn't figure out why I would be so wanted and then feel like I just didn't fit anywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's hard. And so that kind of led me down this, this searching. And I went to synagogue. Um, I went to different churches. No one ever said anything to me. No one ever welcomed me. You know, I think that's the presumption is when you walk into a Protestant church or a non-denominational church that they're far more welcoming, but that wasn't my experience. And my best friend at the time was Catholic and saw me wandering and searching and invited me to mass with her. And so I went to mass with her and at the elevation when the body of Christ was held up, something just clicked and I knew that was where I wanted to be and where I needed to be. I didn't know what it was. I think I asked her and she said, probably said, that's the Eucharist. And I probably said, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's a really fun word. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, exactly. but she explained, we believe that's Jesus. And I'm like, oh, why can't I have that? Well, and then she explained, of course, that Catholics believe that you need to profess the faith before you're able to consume Jesus because this is who we believe he is. And I still was like, all right. Huh. But I began RCIA at that point. And the rest um, is history. The rest is history. Uh, it is. It is. So yeah. we're, we're wrapping up. So what's, what is the, right. 
like I'm fascinated by this story. I'm sure we like you and I could talk about this for hours because right. I, I really am fascinated by it. What is the biggest thing that like the biggest takeaway, the biggest uh, from from your journey uh, yeah. that you learned and that you are happy that you are where you are now because all of these things happened? Well, I think two things. One, I think that sometimes we make it far more complicated than it needs to be to invite people into a relationship with Jesus. Like these were simple invitations. There was no high theology. There was no scolding of what I was doing. It was a simple, come with me. I love Jesus. Come with me. And then the second thing is that Jesus is relentlessly pursuing us no matter how many times we walk away. And I am so thankful for that because just because I came into the church back then doesn't mean I stayed faithful. I didn't know what I was doing. I moved away right after I came into the church. I came down to Texas. My dad passed away right after I came into the church. Like oh, I was wow. still struggling. But God is just, he is a relentless pursuer and lover of our souls. Like he sent people after me. My graduate assistant supervisor was Catholic. She's like, hey, you're coming with me. I came up here to Michigan. The campus minister was on my interview team and she said, yeah, your home is here. So I think that's my biggest takeaway is that even if it takes a while, he's waiting and he is coming after us in a good way, not in a, I'm going to get you. Way. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> you know? He is coming after you. No, no. Like He's like the father and the prodigal son. He's running to greet us because he desperately wants us to be with him. And that I think is the, the biggest takeaway I've had from my faith journey over the years. Well, now now we see why people pay you to be a speaker and a writer on all things Catholicism. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for coming on today. And uh, everybody can find all of these things, all the things that you do. And I'm going to plug this, even though you have more followers than me. Uh, oh. I, want pe- I want people to go to your Instagram, R-A-K Star Designs. Go follow Rocky McCormick. Rocky, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Taylor, for having me. It was it was fun. Absolutely. All right, guys, I will be right back for our final segment of the day. Don't go anywhere. Do you have Beard Bump on you? <laughs> I wanted to make sure I remember the name of it if you ask me about it, because it's it's actually I actually use it now and I it's really good. What is that that you're using that's really good, Father Anthony? <laughs> the beard balm. Oh well it, Catholic Balm Co. And the scent I have is the little way. It smells amazing. And I've used a bunch of beard balms before and oils. But like, seriously, after using this stuff, I'm not going back to any other kind. So I'm excited to try the other scents. But the little way scent, oh, it's just delightful. So good. So if you would like to be just like Father Anthony Sarafa, go to ForteCatholic.com slash beard for 15% off your next order and pay for my children to eat Cheerios. ForteCatholic.com slash beard. <laughs> we did it. That's amazing. That's so good. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, where I am Taylor Schroll, the host of the show, and uh, co-host extraordinaire Father Anthony Serapa is now dancing. He has changed his wardrobe, uh, which is the second most Lady Gaga-like thing that he has done today. Uh, would you like to explain the first? What was the first most Lady Gaga-like thing I did? I have no idea. Uh, I was just <laughs> I was just seeing if I painted you into a corner, if you could re- react with something. I was gonna be like, oh, no, because I, I was wearing my regular hoodie, not my, my meat vest hoodie, like Lady Gaga. Remember when that happened? She wore a meat dress? Yeah, but when were you wearing a meat dress? 
that was uh, i don't know that was going to be the bit if we decide to do that but we decided not to do that so it's not awkward we didn't we decide anything on. we just started the segment and this is where it has gotten us so we should never do this again Agreed. Agreed. Well, okay. Let's. Goodbye. I'm retiring as Forte Catholic co-host. It's just too awkward. I can never come back here again. Uh, you're contractually obligated to continue on this show until uh, three years after your death. Fascinating. Wow. This is, that's going to be a great episode. Hopefully, uh, after my death, it's me as a saint and not me like burning in hell because the whole podcast will be me being like, ah! Which is exactly how I sound now. So that's not mm -hmm. a great comp. So uh, maybe by by the time that you die, I'll definitely still be alive uh, because you're super old. Uh, but I will I will be able to link uh, my my in home studio. I will still be living here. I'll still be doing the show from my water closet. That's a joke for people who listened to two weeks ago. Um, I will still be doing the show here, and I will have a cord that connects all the way to heaven they won't have like the wireless bluetooth technology to get to heaven yet i will no. have to send a wire and, and this is how it's going to happen and people that know you are going to like this joke a lot i'm going okay. to have to connect a wire from my house i'm going to connect it to the moon and then the moon will then connect to heaven and the moon will be what links you and i together how do you feel about this i feel terrible about this but you know there's nothing i can do so um i'm just gonna ignore it and pretend it didn't happen uh, oh. <laughs> you can't say that as a Catholic priest. Stop! Why is everything terrible now? <laughs> oh. uh, uh, you want to you want to change the subject and talk about something much easier to talk about? Yes. What Let, is much easier to talk? Let's about? Let's talk about death. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, this was actually a good segue. Uh, we saved the segue because when we first started, it was just straight trash, uh, mm -hmm. and now it's a perfect segue. So, something happened last weekend. That was that was very sad. So uh, you've all heard by now that basketball legend, 41-year-old Kobe Bryant, died tragically in a helicopter crash. Uh, our, our thoughts and our prayers are with his family. I prayed for him. Um, but okay, look, here's the story. I, I want to kind of take a step back to Sunday morning um, and even further back than that. So Kobe Bryant, I, I have never, I never liked him as a player. Like just as a fan of basketball, I didn't like how he played. I didn't like how he how he handled himself. He had that huge scandal that most people knew about. That uh, I mean, kind of it kind of blew up about a decade ago, where he was caught cheating on his wife, and it was very sad. But then there was this. So there's that side, and then there's this like this story of redemption. He's a practicing Catholic. He um, he openly confessed to his sins um, that affected his wife. Uh, he like. There's a, a there's been a ton of stories that I've known of for years where he has gone to confession. He has he tried to write his life, uh, a lot of his his pride and the things that made me not, not like him as a player and kind of how he handled himself. A lot of that started started to fade as he got older, as he got more mature, and as he started getting more into his faith. That being said, he had done enough where I like I, I was done with him. I I was not a fan. And like Sunday morning, the morning that he passed away, I was leading a boys' Bible study, and we were talking about the sanctity of marriage. And and like all these kids are basketball players, and I forget exactly how it came up, but I essentially said something disparaging against Kobe Bryant, where I was like, I don't, I don't like him. Like I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a fan of how he carried himself during his career, and especially in his marriage. And like I don't think that he's a, a role model. And then an hour later, the story broke that he had passed away, and like. 
So I had like the kids from this this boy small group that I lead texting me about it, and like I felt terrible, right? Because now I'm I'm disparaging the dead, and this is a tragic accident. So like it, it, it was sad, and like and it, like even more sad, like he was with his daughter. He, yeah. the, on a, on the helicopter with uh, another parent of, of a teammate of hers, they were flying to go to basketball. Like he had started to become like, I mean, over the course of many years, a better person, a better husband, a better father. And he had turned things around. He was in mass the day that he passed away. Like th- that morning he went to mass mm-hmm. and then got on the helicopter and then passed away. So like, it's this, it's this strange, th- I've said a lot now <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, there is a point to all of this. I'm not just trying to make myself look as bad as I actually am. But first thoughts on me just unloading all of that to you. Yeah, it's funny. So I've never been a sports guy. You know, I'm super nerd. I kind of always been a super nerd. Did you just admit that, um, that wrestling is not a sport? Thank you very much. It's sports entertainment. <laughs> and I am very willing to admit that. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's never been a thing I've been into. So, like, yeah. But even like me, who probably hasn't watched an entire basketball game all the way through, maybe ever. Like, you know who Kobe Bryant is, right? And when I found out about it, I was just scrolling through Twitter and someone posted the story that he had died. And your first thought is no, right? Because this is the internet. You can't, right. but you find out, yeah, for sure. And then finding out that his daughter passed away with him too. And he's only 41 and it's just, he's just gone. And a lot of times there are certain like figures in your life that make you feel like everything's either going to be okay or it, they normalize it. You know, like for a long time, uh, you just knew that Stanley was going to be in a cameo for a Marvel movie, right? These these people who kind of they're in the the background of your mind that just keep the world normal, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone, and you're, there's no fixing that. It's kind of like right. the shock of just like, yeah, this guy's really dead, and it's a reminder, a stark reminder that, yeah, death can happen to anybody really at any time. Um, and it really makes you kind of think about like, oh, wow, how am I living my life? You know, he had some time to uh, repent and praise God for that. It's amazing. But um, yeah, it was just shocking. Yeah, it really was. And like, so I I went and led this Bible study and then I went and got ready to leave. I was driving to Austin to give a talk uh, at a youth group. And that's what I found out was one of the boys texted me. And then I was like, you know, kind of same thing. There's no way. There's no way. Like he was just the night before LeBron James passed him on the all time leading scorers list. And like he was just being like great to this guy who just passed him up. It was like, you know, kind of, you know, like not tainting his legacy, but like kind of catching up to his legacy. Right. It's it's like a big deal. Yeah. And and he was so gracious with that. Like his last tweet was was congratulating LeBron on passing him on the all time scoring list. And it's like. Like I'm driving, but I'm driving there. And over the course of just my drive there, I like my first thought was, is this real? Did this really happen? My second thought was, oh, crap. Like I just talked about him in a way that was like I was being honest. I was being honest. Like, and, and then and then my next thought was like, I am thankful that he was able to turn it around. He wasn't able to win me back, but he was able to turn his life around. And like he was in mass the morning before he's he's been to confession recently. It's like. Like Kobe Bryant is it either is most likely I like you don't have to say anything. I would imagine that he's in heaven or in purgatory just because of how his life sure. has looked over the last few yeah. years, right? And it's and, like it's wild. Go ahead. Yeah, and also like part of what you're describing is like um, you don't have to be a fan of someone to realize that they're not a bad person, right? But for you, it's just like you know what? I'm not gonna put in the energy to be a fan of this person. And it's weird how we kind of like separate separate people and their actual personalities via what they do in the public and 
Uh, it's so natural for us to do. But all of a sudden, when someone dies, you're like, this person isn't just a basketball player. This person isn't just someone you can choose or not choose to be a fan of. He was a person and now he's gone. It like shakes up how we normally think of public figures. Right. And and that's that's kind of where I was. I was wrestling with that within myself because like as a husband and a father, I was like, I, I can't imagine the lo- the loss of that. Like, yeah, I, I, I have three kids. Like if I was just with like yesterday, like the, the same day that it happened, I was with my son playing Pokemon Go. It was just the two of us. We went and had a great time. Like, what if we had been hit by a car and now, now all of a sudden we're gone? You know, and yeah. these are the things that I'm thinking about. And like my wife and the two girls are sitting at home like what? Like just. It's just soul crushing, right? And like my soul was crushed for this guy that I don't even like, right? Yeah. Um, but like, like you're saying, it is, it does humanize them. So there is that. It's like, okay, the, you know, we are, we are very open and honest about people that we've never met, you know. Yeah, but, at the, exactly. but at the same time, at the same time, here's another thing that I was wrestling with. It's like him dying doesn't change how I feel about him. I can be sure. remorseful for him, like, but I, yeah. I still didn't like how he was as a, as a player. And because of some of his public sins, right? Like I, I couldn't be a person that rooted for him. Sure. So I, I had these two things at the same time where one, I was frustrated by seeing on social media, a lot of people being, uh, Oh, I loved Kobe. And it's like, no, 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 you, no, you didn't <laughs> like, yeah, you were a fan of Kobe. Uh, well, and yeah, like, like people that I know agreed with me, on oh, the dislike right, of him right. and they're like oh no he's and it's like okay here's the deal here's the deal it that frustrated me it like the lack of honesty frustrated me but at the same time i was like i don't need to be a jerk mm-hmm. so like wrestling through these things and like here i am not a fan of this guy i literally hours before said disparaging things about him and i find myself in my car turning off what i'm listening to and praying for the repose of his and his daughter's soul and it's like right. This was weird. Like this was a weird thing that happened within me, and I felt like I was oscillating back and forth. But it felt really true to myself, and I'm not sure how to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because it's complicated. But I mean, this is the thing: a lot of those people who maybe didn't like him, but then were writing nice stuff about him on social media, they're they're mistaking saying nice things for genuinely caring about somebody. And this is where like the kind of the Catholic mindset, which I think you follow very well, is someone has died. You no longer speak ill of them. You don't have to turn them into a saint. What the Catholic does when someone dies, no matter who it is, you pray for their soul. That's it. Because that's the loving action there. You know, there may be some people who are like huge fans and they're affected in a different way. Okay, fine. You can post the stuff you want to, whatever. That's fine. But we don't have to pretend to uh, be someone we're not. You know, that's not our job as Christians. Our job as Christians is when someone dies to pray for their soul, pray for the family, you know, pray for the soul of the daughter and everybody. And that's that's the right thing to do in that moment. And if we have like all those things, you know, they um, about not liking him as a player, those are small things that don't matter anymore in the case of someone who has passed away. You know, uh, when someone passes away, you don't talk about their more annoying traits. Maybe if your family members with them and like some of their annoying traits reminds you lovingly of them, that's one thing. But like for the other stuff, for a public figure, you just pray for them and that's fine. I will speak of all your annoying traits whenever you Absolutely. die. Absolutely. I hope uh, you do. I hope you roast me when I die. It'd be amazing. <laughs> okay. How how long do I have before I can roast you for what you die? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get hit by a bus tomorrow. I, who knows? No, no. Um, you, you can't die young because then I won't have the technology yet to talk to you through the moon. 
Well, we can only hope and pray, Taylor. It's, God is in control. I, I want you to live a long, full life for my personal gain. So, I mean, it sounds like a win-win if I stay alive. So let's here's hoping. You're like, well, if that's what it takes for you to care about me and to pray for my life, then I'll I, take I, it, I man. I guess I'll take it. Okay, so I started thinking about this whole praying for the dead thing. Okay, he has died. His daughter has died. His family's there suffering and mourning and there are people that like you said that like we're big fans of him and are are in mourning and it's like okay here i i find myself praying for them and we catholics are strange we we pray for people that are dead so i, I do yeah. i do want to like kind of talk about that for a little bit it's like why 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 pray for somebody that's dead and like like why should i do it and like what the heck does that even do they're dead like that whole argument right yeah. So part of it is that a lot of Christian doctrine and theology actually comes from Christian practice. So if you look at any of the early writings of early church fathers, uh, you find Christians very early on praying for the dead. And you you see this also in uh, the book of Maccabees, which Protestants don't read, but there's prayers for the dead even back then. And so is it something Christians have just been doing? Like from the very beginning, even if they didn't have a theology to describe it, Christians were worshiping Jesus Christ at mass. And so then the theology develops from that practice a lot of times, you know, um, people were worshiping the Eucharist. Okay. What does that mean? This is what the first Christians did. So now we know that this is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Uh, but the more theological explanation is that um, this time on earth, this is our time to accept the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. We've all been given enough time and enough grace to do that. Now, there are certainly people out there who haven't completely cut themselves off from the life of grace. They haven't said no to God completely, um, but they haven't embraced him wholeheartedly uh, in the way that a saint does. And so we believe that there is a final purification for those people because basically God's perfect and he's all holy. And if you die and you're not perfect, then you can't see God face to face. And you see this in the scriptures, how people like they're afraid to even hear the voice of God because God is so holy and we are so not right. So there needs to be a purification of those things in our lives, those attachments to sin um, and that sort of thing. There's a purification on your way to heaven. So purgatory isn't so much a place as it is a process. Um, and when you die, you can't do anything else for yourself. Here on earth, we can do stuff for ourselves. We can pray. We can go to mass. We can be loving. But when you're dead, boom, you're done. But we on earth can pray for those undergoing that process. So in a sense, God allows us to be a part of his mercy. And he allows us to be a part of that mercy in a way that kind of speeds them on their journey to heaven. So that's why we pray for the dead. It's a merciful thing that we can do. We enter into God's mercy for the final purification for these people on their way to heaven. Well, good. Uh, so the call to action in the first segment was to go follow me on YouTube for take Catholic on yeah, YouTube. Yes. The, the, the call to action here, the third segment is to pray for your loved ones who have died. Pray for, pray for, and like, even if it's people that you didn't necessarily like, uh, yeah. like in my case, uh, pray for those who have died because, uh, so that they can go be with Jesus, because that sounds like a really good thing. So speaking of really good things, the show is over father Anthony, and you can go do whatever the heck you want to do now. Uh, thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next week. Stay 
All right, well, you've replaced my son, Father Anthony, uh, but he doesn't know what Patreon is, but you do. So make your pitch. Yeah, so patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. He and said assuredly. Support. Yeah, it's where you help support the show. And the thing is, you get really cool audio bits of basically Taylor, like, all out fighting with most of his co-hosts and guests. Like, you don't even realize the content you're missing, but you get so much. <laughs> If you subscribe and donate to the Patreon account, Forte Catholic. There you Patreon, go. Yeah, because th- as most of you know, the show goes on to Catholic Radio. There are many things about Taylor's role that can't go on Catholic Radio. <laughs> so go listen to the shit over on Patreon. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>